0: how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword PARTNER. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on ScoreNorth and scorenorth.com. A little bonus episode coming at you here on this Tuesday. The Vikings are off today. Purple Daily doubles yep. down. Yep, two days. It World is, this is, a, this is a two is a day. Two days. It yeah. is. World's it's cool. a two-a-day right here. All right. Yeah. yeah.
1: We don't adhere yeah. to any CBA rules about not going
0: hard. We just keep grinding. Can we do these podcasts with pads on? Is that allowed by the, the podcasting collective bargaining agreement? How about we put, helmets? How we about should make... Do we, I mean, Kirk Cousins will stand there for a first half with a helmet you, on. We should make Judd do, do this entire show If you got strapped me, in.
1: If you got me, especially old school... A Vikings helmet, I'd wear it for an entire show. Making a note. Now I don't know how I do it with the. Well, I, I guess I could get earbuds for that. I don't like earbuds, but I could do earbuds for that particular show, right, Dex? Yeah,
2: we you could, could probably, use we, earbuds.
0: We could, we could put the, you know, the. But when we could widen the work. headphones over the the ear holes, uh-huh. couldn't we do that? But yes, yes, and My, if uh... you give me an old school one.
1: I am in because those old school jerseys that they're going to wear September tenth they are everyone has one it's unbelievable mm-hmm. at training camp oh my god i'd love to know what what the uh merchandise sales is because it seems oh, like crushing. every jersey i see now is that and by the way that's a great jersey that should be their jersey
2: my uh future baby brother-in-law has a vikings helmet i should just get a, get a, get that one and i should just do a show with it on i could potentially oh for
1: that. you yeah yeah, for me, big, yeah. Well, okay. I was gonna say because that wouldn't fit my melon. Would, wouldn't fit your melon.
2: And I have a pretty large melon. I, I sneakily have a very big head. You? It, it, it might not. Yes, I have a very big head. I got a big head. Yeah, you got a big noggin too. But yeah, yeah I so, do.
0: I do too. It's uh, hereditary, I guess. So we'll get Judd a Vikings helmet and um, maybe a mouth guard and a chin strap for you can really have the full. I hate mouth guards. experience. I
1: never like mouth guards.
0: <laughs> so we're gonna get into just this is gonna just be kind of a quicker bonus episode, but a state of the Vikings quarterbacks discussion here. And and it kind of comes off putting a bow on a conversation that we've been having for like two years on this show. And Judd did some scouting for this. So we're going to get into all of it here. The show is presented by our friends at TCL, which has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. TCL makes more than just TVs too. They offer mobile products, audio devices and home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology you can learn more at TCL.com. Uh, also, Dex, I am probably I don't know if, uh, if if we have this queued up or not, but I want to talk about Fratelloni's for a second. Fratelloni's has jumped on board to support us here. Look at those glorious Weber grills on your YouTube I have right one now. in the backyard. I love my Weber oh, grill. Great dude, grill. Weber makes fantastic grills, and Fratelloni's is one of the largest Weber dealers in the state preparing you for tailgate season. Oh, yeah. Wings. Oh. Steak kebabs. Oh, oh my, my gosh, we actually made some kebabs a couple nights ago. There's also all sorts of uh other types of grills you can find at Fratelloni's as well. Um check them out scornorth.com, enter the keyword Weber, that's W E B E R to find out more. scornorth.com keyword Weber or just stop into one of the Fradlonis hardware and garden stores, more than 20 metro locations here in the Twin Cities. That looks Let's awesome. Go.
1: football Fall coming, football tailgate, couple of surleys, some great oh man, that's what I love that idea.
0: Let's fire it up. Let's fire it yes. up. So 100. all right, here's my my question for you here on uh this bonus episode. So the Vikings, this is big picture. The Vikings right now have two quarterbacks under contract for 2024, Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall. This is the last year of Kirk Cousins' contract. Still they have not like Really, as far as we know, there's been no reports of rekindling the contract discussion less than a month until the regular season starts. As of right now, we have to treat it like Kirk is going into the last year of his contract and he's set to become a free agent in about six or seven months from now. How does that sit with you right now? How do you think it sits with Kirk? How do you think it sits with the Vikings that we're like, we're really going to do this? We're really going to go into, I guess, a lame duck contract season for one of the top 12 quarterbacks in the NFL? I think it sits fine with Kirk. Kirk seems at ease completely. And look,
1: he's been here before in Washington, if I'm not mistaken, three different times, right? Got franchised twice, played uh, played into the franchise tag. Kirk appears at ease. Uh, How does it sit with the Vikings is a more intriguing question because, I mean, that has to be in the back of their minds constantly. I mean, Kevin O'Connell is a quarterback guy. And so I think – what kirk said in the spring when asked about his his you know have have there been more talks he's like no and there won't be till march uh at the season opening or at the um training camp opening press conference quasi made it sound like there might be on you know some talks but i really think that kirk is going to hit the market i think kirk is fine with that kirk's going to find a job too like i guess it depends on if he can break the bank again or not, which, you know, there's a chance he won't because of age. But Kirk Cousins is going to find a job either back here or s- somewhere. So barring injury, and he's been an Ironman, I think he's fine. I think the Vikings, though, I mean, I, this is a good question, and they clearly won't answer it. It does them no good right now to talk about it. But if you were to ask me, which side do you think is more jittery? The Vikings are playing a game of chicken. That is very interesting. And I will say, if they thought that they were going to be terrible and get a high draft pick, that game of chicken probably becomes a bit less scary. But they're going to be competitive. So if there's a side in this that probably has sweaty palms, I don't think it's the Cousins camp. I think it's the Vikings camp. I'm sure there's confidence there, but it is a risk.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just all, they're all, I think, weighing all the information that they got to get here. And do they want to extend Kirk Cousins? Do they want to continue to hitch their wagon to that safe bet to a degree? Now, what is the safe bet? Is that bet a two-year contract that's team-friendly? Is that a significant raise and he wants bigger money because he knows it's probably maybe the last contract he'll get in his career or at least the last big contract he'll get in his career? Um, I think this regime, though, from Kevin O'Connell and Kwasi and everyone else involved externally, I think they want to find their own guy. I mean, that's what you all hang your hat on in the NFL is finding your own quarterback. So I think it's more of a bigger conversation of, all right, we don't have to figure this out immediately on August 15th, 2023, but long-term we need a long-term franchise solution here. And I think that's probably early in the draft or finding it next year. Um, I don't think it's necessarily hitching your wagon long-term to Kirk Cousins.
0: Yeah. I think uh, if, if I am Kirk, I feel great. Because I'm going into the second year of a really Kirk Cousins friendly offensive system. I'm probably I have a note on that too, by the way. I'm probably gonna put up another big season of four thousand some yards and thirty touchdowns. And, you know, it's pretty hard to see him not being regarded as one of the top twelve quarterbacks in the world by the end of the season. And then you get multiple teams potentially bidding on your services. You know, we could probably do that exercise. Like, who are are there five teams out there? looking to stabilize, looking to maybe, maybe they're not in a position to draft a Caleb Williams or is it Drake may is the other quarterback. That's going to be potentially a top three pick these teams that are like kind of in the Vikings position where maybe Mm -hmm. you have a pop-up season, but you're not reliable at quarterback, or maybe you're like a seven win team. That's looking for an upgrade. There's going to be teams fighting for his services. So he's going to either get to, he might get to choose all these things, a ton of money, a team that can win big or he could choose to stay in Minnesota where him and his family have had a great, enjoyable half a decade. So from Kirk's standpoint, would it be a little bit annoying if this team that you've put your, you know, you've put yourself on the line, you're taking a beating, getting hit more than any other quarterback in the league, like literally are, you know, writhing in pain on the sidelines. And this team won't give you a damn contract extension after tying the NFL record for fourth quarter comebacks, setting the NFL record for, uh, a thirty-three point comeback against the Colts. I can't get another contract. I mean, I'd be a little annoyed if I'm Kirk, but I got options in six or seven months, and it's great. <laughs> I would feel more uneasy if I'm the Vikings in this scenario because you don't know. Right now, again, you have two quarterbacks under contract. You got Jaron Hall, and you got uh, Nick Mullins, who you could actually you could actually get out from Nick Mullins if you wanted to. It's it's like a he. I think it's like a million dollars and maybe less than that in dead cap. So as much as we, too, have been for years on this show wondering who's next, who's next, how far can you really go paying, you know, the 12th best quarterback top money, well, we still don't have an answer. And the Vikings are going to be way too good to be moving up to, like, number two in the draft or number one in the draft, right? I mean, even if you offered four future first-round picks, if teams need quarterbacks at the top of the draft, they're not going to make that trade with you. Right. But here's one thing I find really, really interesting, all right? This is kind of the Shanahan offensive system that's been molded to modern times, right? You've got And by the way, Kevin O'Connell is trying to go more to the Kyle Shanahan the heavier personnel packages version of this offense. In 2015, Kyle Shanahan took over as offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan was obviously the quarterback. And uh they kind of they went 8 and 8 that season. They wound up ranking 21st in scoring offense. They're installing this offense for the first time. Matt Ryan, actually, he was in his 30s. He wasn't quite as old as Kirk is right now. But Matt Ryan took a step back in QBR, a step back in passer rating. He took a step back in yards per attempt. Like His numbers kind of went backwards in the first year of Kyle Shanahan's system, which outside of the fourth quarter comebacks might sound familiar. Kirk Cousins took a step back in a lot of those same categories. Mm-hmm. Then Matt Ryan, in the second year of that Shanahan offense, had the greatest season of his entire life playing football. He led the NFL in QBR, passer rating, yards per attempt, touchdown percentage, and he won the MVP award. And they had a three touchdown lead in the Super Bowl. And nobody thought that team at the beginning of the year was going to be anywhere near having a three-touchdown lead in the second half of the Super Bowl. But it was the second year in that offensive system for at the time of like a 32-year-old Matt Ryan where, whoa, it all clicked for me. Part of me wonders, is that step available? Does Kirk have access to what Matt Ryan did, which is, whoa, I'm going to reach a new level of my career in my 30s with a similar offense. And what would that do for the future of Kirk and the Vikings and everything else going into 2024.
1: Well, he's definitely more comfortable now and confident uh, despite the fact that uh, Brian Flores defense is no question about it, giving the offense trouble, which is a good thing at training camp. Yeah. I'm interested to see that. And, you know, that season in Atlanta was so good that I'd be hesitant to say that there's going to be a repeat of that. But if he even comes close to that progress being made again, again, when we get to March, I mean, he could break the bank. Like, I don't think he's going to stay here if another team is saying, dude, four years, you know, we'll, we'll make you a top five paid QB at your age. So, like, this is this gets to in, into a very murky area of does the uh, potential success in year two of O'Connell and Cousins actually force a bigger wedge in Kirk leaving because – The Vikings might say, Yeah, that's a lot to give a guy who's what, mid 30s. And a team says, To your point from earlier, Phil, we don't care. We're in a win now mode. And so I think that there's a lot of unanswered questions there. But I mean, I do think that there is, that unless something changes in season, and I don't think it's going to, there is a major question about who is going to be the quarterback of this team in 2024, and the important thing to keep in mind is that is largely going to define Quazy and O'Connell, who aren't working with, like, long-term contracts. If I'm not mistaken, Quazy got a four-year contract. So, like, there's an expectation here. Can you do what Spielman couldn't? Can you find a quarterback? And, like, do you go, if Kirk does leave, do you go potentially bridge for a year? Like, there's just a lot of things. I don't know, but there's just a lot of variables here that when you didn't lock up Kirk back in March
0: became options for Kirk. But don't you think the the longer that Kirk plays well, and and let's say he does have a, a Matt Ryan spike where it's the second year in the offensive system. You got weapons all over the place. Well, Matt Ryan had Julio Jones. Well, Kirk Cousins has Justin Jefferson. Like oh, yeah. There's actually a lot of comparables there. Yep. If he takes a step forward and he's better in 2023, doesn't the find your next quarterback thing kind of, doesn't that lessen in importance for the for the, the next three years if he gives you if he gives you a step forward and he's thirty five and healthy and he doesn't miss a game again? Is your top priority in the two thousand twenty four draft and offseason to find the next quarterback? Well, but the point is this: if he's not signed, he
1: and his agent might just say we're going to go to market, and if you can afford us, that's awesome. But yes, yes, from the Vikings' end, if Kirk is great, that'd be fantastic. But from Kirk's end, like if you couldn't get signed in March of this past year, aren't you going to say, you know what, we've come. I mean, Kirk's response to me to my question in the spring was, we've come this far. Let's allow it to play out. So if I go bonkers and have a great year and I'm Kirk and Kirk's agent, I'm probably going to say, let's go to market because we're probably going to get an offer that if nothing else, you can come back to the Vikings with That's going to be huge. And then the question becomes, okay, with Jefferson at some point soon signing, with Derrissa up for an extension after the 2023 season, you know, when you look at those type of things, I think Kirk might have the Vikings in a position at which it becomes very hard to retain him. If a team says, screw it, we're in this to win it right now. Here's a three- to four-year contract at massive dollars.
2: Yeah. But look, and you look at forward thinking, though, organizations, especially like just Chiefs and Eagles, two teams that were just in the Super Bowl, both of them drafted right now their starting quarterback when they already had a pretty good quarterback in their hands. They had Alex Smith with the Chiefs, and now Mahomes sat behind um, a, a Smith for the 2017 season. And in the Eagles case, Carson Wentz was still really good in 2019. And then they drafted Jalen Hurts in 2020. So I think forward thinking, good front offices are trying to answer this question. And whether you have stability, whether it's an Alex Smith and Carson Wentz's case, he was still 25, 26 years old. Like you could sense the succession plan in Kansas City because Alex Smith was in his 30s. Um, I think I think these forward thinking front offices and if Kwesi is like these two examples I'm bringing up, that they want to try to answer this question probably by next May.
0: Yeah, it would it would be nice if you had someone and an answer in waiting. But like that's the conundrum that these teams run into is, oh, man, let's say they're let's say Kirk is still really good, but they don't win the Super Bowl. Do you think, well, then we should be using our draft assets to keep pushing this team forward. But if you look at those examples Declan brought up, the Chiefs, the Chiefs were a playoff team for multiple years in a row with Alex Smith, and they wasted a first round pick and traded other assets to move up for a quarterback like. But it didn't. They didn't have to take a step back and win five games. They just plugged Mahomes in and got better and won the Super Bowl. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Eagles had to reset for like a year. But, you know, that's the decision you have to make at some point is when do you just pause the train for a second and say, I know we're good and that we have needs right now that could help a playoff team go further. But long term, for the next 10 years, even with Kirk on the roster, if there's a shot you have to take in the first round, being willing to take it, knowing that that guy might not even play for a potential playoff team in his first year you know
1: and i I think to uh dex's example too though is Mahomes and Hertz are special cases as well, like the chiefs went up to nine and clearly got the best player in that entire draft, so like that's that is savvy scouting, good for them, but there is fortune there too. The Hertz thing is, you know, real fortune because that guy dropped through the draft and it's turned out to be outstanding. And mm-hmm. I guess I guess that's where you're relying on O'Connell to be able to identify sleepers, especially like the, the Hertz comparison's a, a great one for okay, if Kevin can go out and find that guy, like if Kevin can put his finger on a guy that might go to the second or third round and say, draft this guy, he's going to be a star. Um, then as a coach and as a uh evaluator, he's worth his weight in gold. But, you know, those are type of things that the Vikings hopefully can do because they have not done previously.
0: Yep. Uh and know now we should we should throw this out there too, is that we've had discussions in terms of like quarterback of the future, you know, options are open. And we've had discussions for two years on this show off and on, as we spitball and throw things out and we theorize, you know, hey, Trey Lance seems to be falling out of favor in san francisco trey lance was a once what top three pick or whatever he was was he the first overall pick or was he like the third Third, overall pick third 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 the dolphins right yeah and uh and so uh you know you could probably trade for him if you wanted to you could even do like a kirk to san francisco swap at some point he's got three years of team control left now, Judd, you spent the weekend actually watching all of Trey Lance's throws in that preseason last game. Night. Where do you fall in that conversation now? <laughs> okay, so Trey Lance,
1: Trey Lance's stats aren't good, but they don't tell the story. And, and in fairness to him, he broke his right ankle early last season and missed the entire year. So he just came back. He played the entire first half against the Raiders on Sunday. 10 of 15, 112 yards. Uh, sacked four times on six drives and a touchdown. Now, first of all, the touchdown, if you saw it, was a pass that Duke Shelley, yes, the Duke of Shelley, rearing his head for the Raiders, had picked off, and he somehow deflected it in front of him to a Niners receiver. Mm. Trey Lance should have been picked at least twice. He wasn't picked once. They dropped him both. But Trey Lance should have been uh, picked twice. But, and again, in his defense, this was his first game back. I wrote down five terms to describe what I saw, okay? Oh, boy. Oh and keep in mind, too, Trey Lance is in a system at which Brock Purdy, God bless him, has found success. Uh, Sam Darnold sounds like he is playing well. So, like, the Kyle Shanahan hand system is not a problem. So I don't know that Kevin O'Connell can be like, oh, Shanahan, he don't know what he's doing. Wait till I get this guy. Yeah. Here are the words I wrote down. Indecisiveness. Lack of pocket awareness. Um, the game is too fast, accuracy problems. The only good thing is he has tightened up the motion a bit. So that elongated motion that we saw last year here in the joint practices, he has tightened that up a bit. But for the five terms, um, and my concern is this, again, if if this was a defensive coach, I might say, if you get him out of there, you've got a chance. But San Francisco is like the easy-bake oven of quarterbacks. Like you can't screw up. Yeah. And he looks absolutely lost. So, I mean, unless I got him dirt cheap for a look-see, and I don't think you're going to, um, or unless he improves a ton, which I don't know, like he just looks sort of frazzled and lost, um, the Trey Lance thing would be a hard sell. And I don't yeah. know that Kevin O'Connell wants a bite, a bite that
0: one off. He's playing like a guy that's thrown about 200 passes in four years, right? Yeah. He just He hasn't had enough simulation of football. So, yeah, I think it was it was a fun theory to talk about for a while. This oh, man, this guy that the the 49ers are sort of moving in this win now direction and they don't have time to wait on a young quarterback to figure it out. But it's like, okay, I know that he's had the the ankle situation, but at some point. Sorry, man, like it's not our fault that you've only thrown like one hundred ninety passes in four years. Like it is what it is, but these teams have to move forward. So I'm sure at some point somebody will probably float whatever his price tag was six months ago or a year ago we were talking about like oh would you have to give up a first they gave up three first round picks to get him right would you have to give up a first or like give up kirk or something you could probably get him now for a fifth round pick or something if you really wanted to and just stash him so
2: yeah he does i mean i feel like i've probably been the most out of him even going back from our our first talks about this within the last year or two. Um, and I, I see the example of, too, like, well, he doesn't have any throws. And even if, let's just use the college example, too. Like, he, he didn't play a ton at North Dakota State. But we've seen examples of college quarterbacks not playing a ton in college football and still being studs. Like, Cam Newton mm-hmm. played, like, only threw the ball 290 times in his college career. Now, like, 270 of them came with Auburn, which was one of the greatest college football quarterback seasons of all time. But Cam Newton was also a five-star recruit one of the best high school prospects in the in in the nation, Trey Lance was going to be asked to play wide receiver at the University of Minnesota and was a three-star recruit. Now, we can debate the nuance of why the heck would we play him at wide receiver, but Trey Lance was the best quarterback prospect in Minnesota, and he was still only a three-star recruit. Um, so I just – I don't think he's it, man. He's just not an NFL quarterback, which it's, it's yeah. hard. There's only like 15, 20 of them that are really good.
0: We had an NDSU fan actually email us this morning – and said, yeah, I'm a big NDSU fan, love me some Trey Lance, but he's a college quarterback at the end of the day from a fan who kind of watched more regularly, what, four years ago now.
1: The one thing I will say, as I grinded quarterback tape last night, though, is it's becoming very clear, in my opinion, from the personnel packages that O'Connell wants to, to run now, that the eventual quarterback for this team will be a guy that can run RPOs.
0: Oh, yeah. Because Agreed. you
1: don't go this big, like you don't, you don't get Josh Oliver. If your long-term plan is, well, he's going to block really well for a running back. You get him so he can flatten guys at the line of scrimmage on a, a run-pass option. You know, here comes Ty Chandler. Here's the ball. Uh-uh, I'm keeping the ball.
0: I think and it's, it's the an, way it's the it's the way the the league is moving in a lot of ways now. There are R- there R- are the Joe Burrows and the. You know the the guys yep. that are more traditional pocket passers that that does still exist, but yeah, yes. it would be nice to have that.
1: Anthony Richardson who who had who had some rough moments on Saturday, I believe. Um, he also does things where you are like, that's going to work really well. Mm-hmm.
0: He also threw one of the worst interceptions of yeah. uh, of the preseason. So
1: that far. was a bad breakdown yeah. by everybody there. Yeah, that that went beyond him. But dude, you can't. Well, he tried to go Mahomes. He tried to sling it sidearm. That's Pat Mahomes. You can't, dude, you can't. But he also ran some RPOs that were really, like you can You can see what's going to occur here. And I think O'Connell would love to at least have that in, in his uh, bag of tricks. And, you know, with Kirk, you just don't. That's just Kirk.
0: Yeah. Hey, real quick, uh, before we uh, say goodbye on this episode. So we have launched a brand new collectibles section of the Scornorth shop. So scorenorthcom slash shop has the merchandise wing you can click to. And now we also have the collectibles wing you can click to. And they've got – so there's some new stuff in here. And there's also the the Justin Jefferson catch against the Bills framed and signed at the point of the catch. And that was – I know a, a bunch of you bought that last week. There's still some available. There's also a Jordan Addison signed jersey, a Justin Jefferson signed jersey, Harrison Smith signed jersey, Wow. scorenorthcom slash shop. Click on collectibles. And you can also use the code SCORE to save 10% on all products site wide, thanks to our friends at Universal Sports Auction. So check it out. scorenorthcom slash shop.
2: My favorite one by far, which is one of my favorite films of all time. Christmas Vacation, the yeah. signed Bleepers Full. I can't even say it. I'd love to say it from Randy Quaid as cousin Eddie. That's signed and framed from Randy Quaid from Christmas vacation. I need that hanging in the back. I, will, I know I've said I've been going to hang stuff. I would hang that in the background if that was in the my back my back right now. It's pretty it.
0: awesome. It's pretty awesome, yeah. So, so check these, these collectibles out at scorenorth.com shop and just click on the collectibles link. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us here. The Vikings may have taken the day off. But we gave you a two-a-day here on Purple Daily. That's right. Daily Vikings entertainment, sometimes twice.